Hi. How you going? Hi. How you going, mate? How you going, bro? I'm going. I'm. I'm going fine. How are you going? On this. Uh, what day is it? Is it Wednesday? It, it's a Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, November tenth. Yeah. That's what it is. Twenty twenty one. Man. Mm. What a time. How you doing, Sam? I, as always, will plead the fifth. <laughs> I feel it. Uh, you came home early today from work. Yeah, yeah. Little migraine. Little migraine. Stuff going on. I'm sorry, man. But I'm okay. That's I'm good. good. It's fine. Eating something and drinking something. Yeah, giving giving myself some fuel. All three of those things. That's what's up. That's what's up. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um, it's hump day, right? Middle of the day. Middle of the week. Middle of the week. Middle of the week. Did you do anything? On, did you do anything on uh, Halloween? I f- yeah, I, I went out. I went to bar crawl. Bar crawl. And how did that go again? Was it successful or? Yeah, it was. It was a bar crawl. Yeah, it was a bar crawl. All right. Um, I recently um, I upgraded from um the AMC Stubbs uh premiere to A list. Um, and what did that get you? Um, now essentially the same perks, but now I have uh, like uh, three free movies a week. Um, oh, okay. So like, there's still you know free upgrades and you know uh, six dollar Tuesday for all tickets and. Uh, free refills and whatnot so it, it, it's it's great it's just a shame that you know these uh art house films these indie films just don't pull in crowds so they don't stay in theaters for very long so like i would love to watch um ridley scott's the last duel with uh uh kylo ren and jason bourne and and batfleck but mm-hmm. um but yeah, it's just not really showing anymore in uh in any uh AMCs in in my area. So it is what it is. Um I can probably catch uh, Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. But uh I heard uh based on the reviews I've seen, it's less of a uh like straightforward narrative and just like a series of vignettes of different characters doing different things. Mm. But, you know, it's a little slice of life in the in the in the city. So that's cool, but um, I am definitely uh, considering now that you know any IMAX I want to see, uh, you know Dolby screening, uh, 3D is also included. I could see that for free if I wanted to. So I'm yeah. I'm really considering um, going to an IMAX and seeing Dune or Eternals. Um, yeah, p- probably more likely Dune just because of uh, uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, filmmaking style and the score and the sound design but um mm-hmm. but um again just blaring noise that's what that's, that's my fear but I, I would love to hear uh that whole army of bagpipes when uh house of trades <laughs> just takes on a harkonnen's head on without any like armor or whatever yeah and you got josh bro josh brolin's gurney halleck just taking guys out left and right oh man i'm gonna speak about that shortly yeah i've been going through the dune book Okay. Yeah, watching the movie made me want to fill in those gaps, so I've been going through that. I'm not very far into it, but um, man, they changed a lot for the movie. Oh yeah. In terms of characterization. Okay. Um, Gurney Halleck, I believe mm-hmm. he in the books had a way more. He had the relationship that the main character had with Duncan Idaho. Yeah. As like this, like 
playful exchange. Whereas with Duncan Idaho in the books, at least from where I'm at, it was more of like admiration rather than like, this is the older guy I can be cool with. Yeah. So like Gurney Halleck and him exchanged like a lot of like smart Alec Lee remarks before like the training session that happens uh-huh. in the, the movie. Before that, it was literally like a good 10 pages, nah, that's too much, five pages of him and Gurney Halleck going back and forth, back and forth, where Gurney's like, oh, right, but then again, you're a little prince boy. Why would you know anything about combat? He says, and then, you know, which would be responding to, like, yeah, says the old man who can only beat me 10 out of nine times. Uh-huh. You know, like, you know, like they were more friendly right. with each other in the books. Okay. Um, another difference is the, um, the head, Benny Gesserit, his, I can't remember her name. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yes. Yes. She was a lot less mean to him in the books. Like, a lot less mean to him. Yeah. Where she kind of... She was kind of amused by him, mm-hmm. rather than being, like, just straight-up disdainful and cold towards him. So, like, after he passed the test, she opened up a lot to him. She allowed him to be defiant. She allowed him to, like, call her, like say rude things to her she would just scoff at it and laugh it off but she wasn't nearly the cold distant figure that she was in the movie she kind of rem- in the book she reminds me more of um lady elena from game of thrones okay I don't know if you remember yep, her yep yeah she's a lot similar to lady elena where she's just like huh, this little boy thinks he can talk to me hilarious. hilarious this is amusing you know what you've amused me I'll humor you. Yeah. I'll t- tell me more about these dreams. It's things like that's how she she's more so like that in the books rather than just being like, "Ugh, I hate you. I hate your guts. Fuck off." You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's funny. I just saw um, Lady Olena's last performance in um, last night in Soho, uh, like uh, on Halloween weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she, she was in it. Uh, Diana Rigg, uh, rest in peace. She was great. Um, R.I.P. But uh. On a on a lighter note, we are talking about Eternals today, the latest film in the MCU. Uh, mm-hmm. I've lost. I'm not going to bother trying to count which one. It's either 29. This might be the 30th project in the MCU. Um, Prop, props to you for trying to count it. Yeah, uh, I, I, including the the uh, Disney Plus series. Um, but yes, uh, this is Phase Four. So you know they're kind of starting over again, and it feels that way. Shang Chi felt that way. Eternals felt that way. We're starting all over again, introducing a whole new slew of characters for like future Avengers films. And uh, the marketing for this film was very smart the way Disney played it. They wanted to wait until after um, award season to see if uh, Chloe Zhao won um, Best Director and Best Film for, um, for Nomadland, and she did. So they waited to mm-hmm. roll out the, the trailers until they could say, from Academy Award winning <laughs> Chloe Zhao. Mm, Very, that's mm, smart marketing, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of film fans, are, for the same reason, are very excited. Um, they saw No Man Land. Um, you know, COVID kind of changed the way the last award season w- went. We kind of combined 2020 films and, 2020, and 2021 films. Like, mm-hmm. um, my favorite film of this year is still um, Judas and the Black Messiah with uh, Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton. But... Mm-hmm. Um, next year's oscars which which are going to be for the films that came out in 2021 it probably won't be included because it already was included in in 2020's oscars but because no films because not enough films came out in 2020 to you know fill the roster they had to kind of merge 
But um, I did see Nomadland. It was very uh, beautiful, well-made. Um, I think it was the first thing I, I, I've ever seen by Chloe Zhao. Mm-hmm. So getting a, uh, a taste for her style as an, as an artor. Um, loads of natural light. She loves uh, filming on set. Um, so all her films have a bit of a documentary kind of feel because it, it's, mm-hmm. it's just so stripped down and laid back. Um, there's, there, like she's not doing too much. Her films feel very natural, so to speak, you know, like in term, you know, no makeup, if you will. Um, and then on top of that, uh, the cast is, is crazy. You know, we just talked about, you know, you recognize faces, but you know, you don't always have, have the name for the faces. Like if I said, uh, Kumail Nanjiani, do you know who that is or what he's done? No. Um, um, I've heard his voice before. Yeah. I know that. Because like, the entire movie, I was just like, I've heard your voice somewhere. but I, And I've seen his face before. Yeah. But I can't tell where he's, where I know him from. Like, um, did you ever watch uh, HBO's uh, Silicon Valley? No. So, okay. Um, that, was, that was kind of his claim to fame along with um, Tom Hiddleditch. Um, how about uh, Stubers with uh, uh, Dave Bautista? Nope. No. Okay. <laughs> Or, uh, I, I like like I said, it's I don't know where I know him from, but I've heard his voice and I've seen his face. Okay, but I can't actually find what property I know him from, if that makes sense. Okay, but you know Richard Madden and Kit Harrington, right? No, who are they? Uh, uh, Rob Stark and um, John Snow. Oh yeah, 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 I know them, the Stark boys. The Stark boys, yeah. Okay, how about uh, Brian Tyree Henry? You know him, Paper Boy. Paper Boy. Paper, paper boy. boy. All, All about, about the paper, paper boy. <laughs> And of course, uh, we, you you know Angelina Jolie. Yeah, but this is actually, I think, the first movie I saw with her in it. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I can't think of a movie that I've seen where Angelina Jolie was an actress in it. I but I I don't watch a lot of movies. That's true. So. I, okay, how, how about uh, Salma Hayek? You know her. I don't. I didn't. You don't know Salma <laughs> Hayek? Oh, dang. I didn't know who she was until this movie. Okay. Oh well, yeah. Well. Out of the entire cast, uh, Angela Jolie and those Salma. two are the famous. Yeah, ones. yeah I, they know. Are. I know, I okay. know, but okay. I just I don't know where they're from. I've never seen her in yeah. anything. Yeah. Wait, is she in Modern Family? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I know you. That was a serious I'm question. Sorry, I, I know. But I feel bad because like I see my 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 voice spike, and I know you have to edit this. Uh, no, that's Sofia Vergara, different actress. Oh, okay. But she doesn't play like a grandma in modern. Nah, movie. no, she don't play a grandma. <laughs> no, no, two different actresses. But I can, I, I totally understand the confusion. Uh, you know, very beautiful. You know, I don't watch either yeah. of those shows. Okay. I, I don't know. Okay, but yeah, um, and of course, again, for film fans, uh, uh, uh Barry Keoghan, Ke- uh, he, he's Irish, so like, you know, the Irish names are never sound the way they're spelt. Uh, I first mm-hmm. saw him in Dunkirk. And what he did with the with the uh, screen time he had uh, left an impression. So when I saw that he was in this movie, I was very excited. Of course, Gemma Chan, like from Crazy Rich Asians, uh, never saw it. Ma- massive. Uh, ma- I think I think you can watch it because it's on uh, Amazon. Oh, okay. Amazon Video. Um, of course, uh, and then some newcomers for me. Um, I don't think I've ever, ever seen Don Lee before, who played Gilgamesh. Um, He's in Train to Busan. Train to Bu- oh, okay. I need to, I need to see that. I need to say that. Yeah. So he's probably a, a Korean actor. Um, yeah. uh, and then, of course, Makari, uh, uh, Lauren uh, 
Ridloff. Uh, never seen her before. This first thing, this first thing no, I've seen her in. But she captivated my heart and she soul. She captivated and a lot of people. I will die for that woman. Yeah. Okay. I've only. I will die for her. The- All she needs to say is just Sam, you need to do it, and I'll be like, say less, ma. <laughs> Nigga like me. Oh man. <laughs> I, let me. I'm, I'm, I need it. I will die for that woman. I'll die. You understand? Now she tells me she needs me to get volcanic rock from her from the deepest volcano <laughs> active volcano on the planet i'm going in there with no protection you feel me and they, whoo, say her name one more time makari no 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 her 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 real name lauren his name lauren lauren ridloff <sighs> just sounds good to hear oh my god lauren what a, what a lauren ridloff what a Bangla. light what a light there you go what a light in the world like well oh, i'm so glad i live in the same world as she does yeah like you can hyphenate Woo. you can hyphenate it uh lauren ridloff of bangla uh, whatever she wants yo I'll, I'll i'm sam ridloff what are you talking about <laughs> I'll, I'll call you sam ridloff from now on i don't care um, what do you mean and also i'm um, sprite mean? uh leah McHugh. i've never seen her before this is also my introduction to her so yeah, so yeah same. um uh chloe Zhao, great great filmmaker uh crazy ridiculous cast and uh also uh, going into it before before seeing the film, I knew all I did know was that um, Eternals is the Marvel equivalent to uh, New Gods. Um, I'm, a, yes. I'm a I'm a big uh, DC fan. Growing up with DC, um, I really love New Gods. It's really cool characters, and I'm sorry that uh, Ava DuVernay got that opportunity taken from her, and that you know WB is like. <laughs> blaming the snyder cuts success for why they can't or whatever it's something stupid and and, yeah. and also false like I, I can't like the more i hear about wb's leadership the more i'm like that's why that's why dc movies suck because the people in charge um uh but yeah like this movie was 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 great i love the mythology i love the concept of ancient beings superpowered beings who've been here you know the entire time and and also, you know, the first time you kind of see the Celestials are in kind of Phase 2 and like, Guardians. Um, Guardians 1 was the first yeah, time. Yeah, like, we get an image of, of the first Celestial wielding the Power Stone to wipe out an entire world. Uh, nowhere is is the, is the dying head, or, no, or the head of, of a dead Celestial, obviously, the severed mm-hmm. head. And uh, so in this film, we actually get to meet them. And I can only imagine meeting them in IMAX because... The first time Ajak, played by uh, Salma Hayek, the leader of the Eternals, goes to meet them, like the, the orb goes into her chest, and you know her whole surrounding shifts, and she's just sitting, standing, floating in the palm of this massive, gargantuan, larger-than-life being. That you know, I didn't get the sense that they were evil or anything. They were just, they just were. They're above it. They, yeah, the, they're above. They're above concepts of good and evil, and that's how they yeah, are in the comics. Yeah, it's just so. So the whole thing with with the Eternals and the lore, the backstory, the Eternals were made by the Celestials. In the comics, it's a little different. Um, the Eternals were humans at first that the Celestials kind of experimented on and, and gave them powers, um, mm-hmm. because that's what the that's what they do as Celestials. They create. They are creators. Um, yeah, and also a difference in the comics. Um, all the Eternals kind of had a similar skill set but they chose to focus on one particular ability and yeah. in the movie they all have you know a particular like They're... icarus can fly and he has lasers and super strength um or everyone else has kind of just one thing of course kind of making icarus the superman of the of the uh of the uh of the team and this is full sport looked so much better than superman in motion like i'm not oh, fl- I, I think flying fighting like I think it just looked it looked better. Okay. It looked better. Okay. 
to my um, opinion. And this is, uh, you know, we're 15 minutes in. This is full spoilers, of course. Um, uh, I do want to talk about, you know, serious details. But, um, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you know, the, the Celestials, they made the Eternals. And the, the Eternals are supposed to kind of nurture, protect the world until the Celestials are ready to um, uh, um, emerge. Because Celestials come from planets. They create planets and then destroy them when they emerge from them. And until that happens, the Eternals are kind of meant to uh, incubate and, and protect. And so, you know, the mm-hmm. Celestials, they're not evil, but, you know, in order to create 200 billion more worlds and more lives, they have to sacrifice 7 billion, you know, like, they had to destroy Earth in order to do, you know, what they had to do. But, mm-hmm. you know, of course, long story short, the Eternals, you know, they learn to love uh, um, humanity. And so they protect it. And the third act is uh, is phenomenal. Um, so a lot of mythology, a lot of parallels to you know um, uh, discussions of, of of humanity and free will and and kind of like uh, Blade Runner, I know what it means to be human because we actually see in the movie how these Eternals are made. They're not actually humans. They're kind of like robots, kind of like underneath the the fleshy exterior. Uh, this kind of like lights and hardwiring, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really like this film. Uh, before we get into it, like, what were your first initial, you know, thoughts about the film? Like going into it, I had nothing. Yeah, no. I <laughs> did not look at a trailer for the Eternals. I didn't look at anything for the Eternals because for me, so much of the MCU is things I already know. Right. And I'm personally not the most well versed in the celestial and cosmic aspect of the Marvel universe. Okay. So for me, I was like, "Hey, this is a, one of the rare chances I have of going into a movie and not knowing anything yeah. about the characters in the movie." Because yeah. the the only celestial I knew about in the movie doesn't show up until the post credit scene. Oh, really? And yeah. Okay. I the Eris is the only one that I knew about. Okay. Star Fox, as he also goes by. Yeah. Er- and I only knew about him because I was like, man, what a dickhead. You <laughs> like. Um, yeah. Um, I would have loved to, to uh, experience that post credit scene, like in person rather than it being spoiled. Um, I don't follow the critic who did it, uh, um, but I do follow Variety and I follow other critics who, uh, you know, work in the same sphere and, you know, podcasts and don't do what he did. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll put on blast like Matt Coley I think his, his name was like he walked out of the theater mm-hmm. and um, and he was like whoa I cannot believe they got Harry Styles to play Eros brother of Thanos I was like damn like I, I personally would have been hyped like if that was if that like especially how they how they handled it, how they handled it like uh like the first little troll guy popped out you know the little shimmering portals like, okay that that was really cool and then he was introducing him, hyping him. I was like, oh, man, if I saw this in person, I would have been hyped up too. And then, oh, shit, it's Harry Styles. Bet. That, that's lit. Um, so can you tell me a bit more about uh, uh, Arrow, Star Fox? Because I've never heard of him before, and you had some information about him, some detail. Okay. So pretty much, long story less long, trigger warning for anyone who has any sensitivities towards sexual assault and all of that. Oh, yeah. Give you a couple of seconds to you know get out of here. Uh, Eros is a character from the comic books. He is, in fact, Thanos' brother. Uh, He is a Titan. He was the Eternal for the planet Titan. However, in the comic books, it's it's slightly different. 
it's slightly different with how their genetics go in the comics versus in the movies because in the comics eternals could mutate and interact with the different races and that's how thanos came about where thanos is the son mm-hmm. of eternals but thanos actually has a rare disease that makes him how do i put this thanos has a disease that makes him look weird oh the uh, thanos... the uh, purple skin yes okay no he, he okay so Thanos has what is in the co- they don't touch about this at all in the the movies at all because when would they get the chance? But Thanos has deviant syndrome. Okay, which is basically when an Eternal is born as a mutant. Okay, so it's like, and this is again complicated because it's not addressed in the films at all, but. In the comic books, mutants come from celestials. Mm-hmm. The celestials showed up on Earth, did some genetic testing on humans way back when. Yes. And that is what kind of resulted in the X gene showing up later on. Thanos is the same thing, but with as an eternal. He is an eternal who has a weird defect, a, mute, a mutation, that makes him look the way that he does. And Thanos looks closer to a deviant than he does an eternal. When I found uh, that out, I thought that was really cool. Like celestials are the reason why we have superpowers, like like uh, you know, beings. No, no, no. Sp- specifically mutants. Yeah, like, specifically yeah. the mutant yeah. genes, because those other forms of superpowers, like say the Fantastic Four, yeah, Spider Man, yeah, those are man-made, yeah, stuff. But like for the natural mutations, yeah. yes, that is due to yeah. celestial uh, dickery. <laughs> that's so. If you that's would. so cool. I've always loved yeah. that. I also uh, love the fact that um, it was uh, uh, Jack Kirby who did both Eternals and New Gods. Uh, yes, he, he was. That's his jam. Yeah, he was with uh, uh, the late great Stanley initially at Marvel, left Marvel to, to go to DC, did uh, New Gods, did, didn't get to finish it, kind of like you know Ava DuVernay, oddly enough, mm-hmm. um, and then he went back to Marvel and he did his own version of uh, his Marvel version of a. Uh, new gods and it was eternals and uh and yeah it was, it was exactly it was exactly that like like beautiful imagery of just planets and just energy coming out of the palms of these uh celestials like they were filling out the, the universe like it, it was it was crazy and um uh i definitely want more of the uh celestials in the future i'm sure they will play uh a, a bigger role um but yeah to answer your question quickly uh eros is an eternal yeah, yeah he has he's the brother of thanos and his power <laughs> yeah because wasn't made for tv i'm so i'm so confused as to why they picked him mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so his power is basically he has what's the best way i can think of put it um it's not pheromones but he can influence affect people's pleasure centers. Okay. He can basically induce in someone. He can make someone horny. Yeah. Kind of on on some poison ivy type shit. Yes, exactly. Kind of like that. And so, what he kind of does in the comics is he picks up with women, and they think they like him, and then when they get separated from him, they. 
they don't really remember. Oh wow! So it's like a it's like a uh, proximity. It's kind date of rape. Thing. It's it's date rape. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's date rape. He. It's like when you're like he's next to you. It's like whoa! All of a sudden, I'm really horny. I'm really like aroused. I feel euphoric. I'm like, you know, okay. like those type of feelings. And what happens is that in the comic books. He is known as Eros before he changes to Star Fox after he's been forced to accept what he's done uh-huh. to a very popular comic book character. Uh, but, you know, he does some things to She-Hulk. Right. Where right. he kind of to- he toys with She-Hulk using those powers. Right. And it's just he's a very weird character to adapt. I'm like. And the fact that they're adapting she hulk as well i'm like wow are they really gonna do this plot line like the same marvel disney that's been so pg-13 about everything are they really gonna do this pop plot line where one character uses his powers to mind manipulate another character you know so i thought it was an interesting pick but you know that's that's basically the rundown on eros or star fox and that was the first post-credit scene the second one was uh kit harrington uh the, the reveal of him being Black Knight, which I, I need. Who? Uh, huh? Who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Literally everyone in my theater was the first theater I went to when he showed up, everyone and it ended. They were so mad. I heard who the fuck is that? Why would they show us this? Who cares? What is this? Uh, this was on the Thursday early showing. Mean- so these are the people who are like the hype beasts for Marvel. So they're just like, what the fuck? Who is this? Who is that? I don't get it. What the fuck was that, man? Oh man, da da da. Yeah, so, yeah. Like uh, there were some pretty like lackluster responses to these two uh, post credit scenes. Usually, the MCU post credit scenes are like massive stingers and like always want you, uh, always leave you wanting more. Right, and because it, these it ones are literally me. just they're literally just for comic book fans. Yeah. Who? There is no reason that anyone on the planet knows who the fuck Black Knight is. Yeah. Like. He's a loser. He's cool, but he's a loser. Like he's not. I, I've never met anyone who's like, yeah, that's my favorite superhero. Like n- never in my life, you know. Yeah, and and uh, and so he is a same he, with Arrow. He, he is a hero. He's not like um, he's not like an anti-hero or like kind of a gray area. Uh, he's a he is. You can put him in there just because he doesn't really have like the no kill rule. Yeah, because um, like he, it's it's my understanding. You know, watch listening to like mm-hmm. podcasts and stuff. Black Knight is a—he's a good guy, but the sword, which is like a family heirloom, kind of draws him yes. to the dark side a little bit. The sword demands blood, and oh, wielding shit. wielding the sword makes you want to kill people. Oh you... snap! That's like uh, that's like a uh, Zabuza's executioner blade. Like it, 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 it you know, kind of craves blood. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's it. The sword itself is some real evil shit right <laughs> yeah and that's what the little casket said it's my reward is death mm-hmm. because the whole thing is that the sword wants to kill more and more and more and it will eventually kill the one who's wielding it mm-hmm. but that's all he is he's just a dude with a magic sword like right so and I, i'm totally willing to watch the movie again just for the post credit scene because I did not know that was uh, Mahershala Ali's Blade who said the voice of uh, are you sure you want to yeah. do that or are you ready for this? So like I forget what he said. 
Um, yeah, something along those lines. But yeah, so I'm, you told mm-hmm. me that there's a team in the comics with like not swordsmen, but like is it Midnight Suns? You said the Midnight Suns are basically who's in it? They're who's, a team. Yeah. It's it. It's see the thing about the comics is that there's no question. There's no answer to the question of who's in it. Okay. It's who has been in it. It changes every fucking week. Okay. The same with the Avengers. Yeah. The yeah. same with any Justice League. It changes based on what characters the writer who gets the comic that month wants to write about. True. So the Midnight Suns literally is just a team created originally created by Doctor Strange to handle some occult shit that's happening on Earth. So any hero or any person who is involved with anything occult magic demons spirits they qualify to be a member so for example blade because he deals with vampires yeah. and all that other shit blade has been a member of the midnight suns but so has wolverine so like there's a lot of members but things you could think of, i think magic was she was a member at one point has uh, strange was a member <sighs> wong is the current leader of them has moon knight ever in the, been in the midnight suns moon knight yes moon knight has been because especially I, with I his think, connection i think to we'll the, see that egyptian yeah that's i think that's what they're going for and plus it doesn't you know this is one of those like peeling back the wall behind the scenes breaking the fourth wall but like there's a midnight suns video game coming out in 2022 hmm hmm that'd you be know. exciting to see i would love to see like a team of a bunch of cape crusaders like midnight people like night crawlers type That'd be so dumb. They're not, but see, the thing is that they're not, I don't want, they're not, they, they look like regular dudes. They're just, we're dealing with the occult. Yeah. We're dealing with something that Iron Man probably wouldn't be able to take seriously. We're dealing with something that Captain America wouldn't be able to fathom. Yeah. I need this team because, for Strange's perspective, it's, I don't feel like explaining to everyone else what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So it's like, Moon Knight's been on it. Strangely enough, the Punisher has been on it. Uh, fucking, I'm trying to think who else. Ghost Rider, obviously. Yeah. Morbius. Uh, yeah, I can't think of okay. anyone else at the top of my head. Right. But um, but yeah, it's like it's a lot of just the people who deal with weird shit. Yeah. Weird shit. That's them. So yeah, I was really excited by um. By those post credit scenes of course i'm a nerd um mm-hmm. uh i'm iron fist i am okay iron fist too hell yeah mm-hmm. shang chi no not to my knowledge um not to my knowledge um so yeah i'm heavily invested in the mcu uh even the even the ones that aren't good i still enjoy them to a degree um mm-hmm. I, I can critique them all i want but i still enjoy pretty much all of them um but yeah, the film itself, uh, plot-wise, I, I will say the, the the first act, the first 45 minutes is very Zack Snyder, um, uh, Man of Steel and BVS. It jumps around a lot from mm-hmm. from past <laughs> to present because it, it needs to contextualize their past and, and you know, yeah. build their relationship so that we care and we understand. And we I, I won't speak for you. I cared for each of these characters pretty fast. I like yeah. Chloe Zhao did a really good job, um, really like making this team feel like a family. Um, granted, there are some uh, romantic relationships in this family, but you know they're not related, of course. But they they've been around each other for seven thousand years, you know, you know, through through Babylon and ancient Greece and all these other ancient civilizations. You know, they were there. Um, yeah. Uh, so it does a, it does a lot of jumping around. I do understand if that was a problem for people because. 
as we saw in Rotten Tomatoes, um, critics did not like the movie. Everyone, everyone who got to see the movie fairly early bashed it. Um, it's like what forty two percent. It's like the lowest scored MCU movie, and it should not be. Which is crazy. It like, should not. I've be. seen someone be like, "This shit was worth it to Thor: The Dark World," and I'm like, "Motherfucker, what? shut, shut up!" Like, I know. still haven't finished Thor: The Dark World. What? Like, yeah, I've not made it past the first thirty minutes of that movie to this day. I haven't, uh, and I'm yeah. never gonna go back and watch it. I have no inclination to go back and watch Thor: The Dark World ever. Yeah, and fans are seeing ever. it, and it's like an eighty six percent round. I'm like, exactly, like that's. That, that's that's why I like it. Like, um, I quickly put it, um, ranked it in my another box in my list. Um, I put it above uh, the uh, the first Avengers, Black Widow, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Age of Ultron, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, uh, Thor movies, Iron Man movies. Oh shit! I still haven't even seen Black Widow. I'm not going to. <laughs> it's on Disney I'm not going to watch it, dude. Okay. I don't. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I don't care. All I need to know is that it introduces a new spy character, and that spy character is going to be in the new Hawkeye show. That's all I need to know. Yeah, I don't need to watch it. Fair. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. I heard that they butchered Taskmaster, and that's one of my favorite Marvel characters. Yeah. I don't need to watch that movie. Under- I don't need to watch that movie. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't. Okay. I'm not going to. Understood. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, so the, the movie starts, and we and we are with uh, um, Cersei, played by Gemma Chan, and Sprite. Uh, Cersei, she, uh, her, her ability, uh, she's, um, so, so the, this team, I don't know how it is in the comics, there's, there's 10 of them, five of them are fighters, you know, their abilities are for combat, and five of mm-hmm. them are thinkers, five of them are philosophers, and, you know, healers, and, you know, you know, scholars. Uh, Gemma Chan, uh, Cersei, she can manipulate matter, so changing things into literally anything else, and mm-hmm. in Sprite, she can cast illusions. Um, and they're chilling in London, and the Deviants show up, and Deviants are, I think, also created by the um, Celestials as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, um, but uh, yeah, they're like ancient enemies of the of the Eternals. The Eternals are meant to protect mankind from these people. But the oh, you're talking about the Deviants, right? Yeah. So in the comics, the Deviants aren't mindless animals. Yeah, they're they're a bit more sentient. Like they not a bit more. They're straight up. Uh, they're intelligent. Yeah. They're all like, what's his name? Like who? Thanos. Oh wait, he didn't have a name because he was fucking pointless. The the deviant in the fucking movie. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, the, oh the the main one who was like absorbing the um, the powers. Yeah, who didn't even get a name because of how fucking pointless it was for him to be in that movie. That's my biggest problem with this movie. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. That. Like he like he didn't end up becoming um a threat. Uh, uh bro, you can get to it now. We're we're, we're like uh, thirty five minutes into this jump. Okay, cool. Let me let me yeah. start airing out my problems with this fucking movie. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Let's do so, it. as much as I loved all of the characters in this movie, and I did, none of them mattered. Okay. And someone pointed this out to me, and as much as I liked this, because. The person I was talking to was a very plot-focused person. I'm a very character-focused person. Yeah. So I don't really care about how weak the plot of a movie is, but for him, it was a problem. And he mentioned, and he was like, how many of the fucking Eternals that showed up could have just been cut from the beginning and the movie wouldn't have changed, right? And the ones he mentioned were Gilgamesh, Thena, Kingo, and... Druig. Really? They didn't do anything. What did they do in the movie? That like, think about it. I mean, w- within the family, was, as far as like the relationships go, uh, Druig w- was the opposition. Right, right, right. Dru- Druig was the uh, opposition. 
Like you're looking at it from the point of characters, right? Yeah. But plot wise, okay. Moving the like plot wise, the events that happened, you could easily just have Icarus be the one to have like resentment towards Ajax's plan. You could literally replace everything that Druig did in that scene. Someone else could have done that. Druig in the final battle spent most of it underground. He didn't do anything. Even when like they recruited him to the team, what did he do? Get some people to walk out of the, 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 the site where the Domo was buried underneath? When they were arguing back and forth, he wasn't saying anything. He didn't do anything. Kingo was great. I loved Kingo. He didn't do anything. He left before the final battle of the movie. He just peaced out. He, he didn't do anything. He, he pulled a Wong. He had a yeah, exactly. He had a plane that got them around the world faster, I guess. He 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 was but he was the typical MCU comedic relief. Come, that's all he was though. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't attached to the plot of the movie at all. What did he do? He just blasted some some deviants in the forest that could have been someone else. What did he bring that was unique to the table for the sake of the story? Okay. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. All right. Gilgamesh died early. We got to see that he was a really cool dude. My favorite character in the movie besides Makari. But he didn't do anything. In the scene where they're talking to Druig in his little church, he literally was falling asleep in the background. He was not contributing anything. The movie doesn't change if you remove him. Like... Well, he's not if core you, if, to the if, story. if you remove Gilgamesh, you know, Athena has no has And that's the next person I was going to say that has, didn't need to be in the no movie. Athena does not need to be in the movie either. Keyword is need. I liked her. I liked Gilgamesh. I liked Kingo. I liked all of these characters. But when you actually think about like what role they played in the movie, what did they what did Thena, if Thena and Gilgamesh weren't in the movie, what would change? If they weren't in the movie, we wouldn't know about um, the uh, wayward thing, the, the, the concept there of their memories, like crushing their, their heads. Mad weary. Yeah, mad weary. Where did, where did that go? She just stopped having it. Yeah, but, but now we know about it and that could be a future threat. Right, but see, it's, it's like, oh, it's we just, know it's about just it. Just context, but, that's all. But, what it, but see, that's the thing. You're thinking of it in a world where it already existed, Right. But what did it? What did Mad Weary change in the movie? It just meant we had scenes where Angelina Jolie started attacking people. But I'm saying, if you remove her from the movie, mm-hmm. you remove Gilgamesh from the movie, with and then with them, you can say Mad Weary goes too. What changes? Nothing. Nothing. The whole, Nothing. The whole part of the movie is the emergence uh, of the when, the, when, the, the the celestial. Yeah, yeah. as as it's explained. The reverse snap, all the souls coming back, provided enough en- the cosmic energy mm-hmm. to fuel the birth, the emergence of the eternal. That's the celestial. That's the plot of the movie. So, yeah. so it's like I understand people's complaints because I'm someone where it's like I don't give a fuck about the plot. I just like characters. So if I like a character, that means the movie's doing a good job. But I, I do understand people saying like a lot of the characters in the movie, you could have taken them out to have a tighter experience. Because ultimately, we had this big cast, and a lot of their story arcs amount to nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, and for me, I, I I have a whole revisionist idea about this movie because my biggest problem with this movie is the deviants. Okay. 
And if you allow me to do some armchair backseating writing real quick, <laughs> you, the way I would have had this movie go is fuck the Deviants. They're not there anymore. They were there in the past. They killed all of them. That stays the same, right? Mm-hmm. Icarus would just be the bad guy in this movie. We did not need that weird deviant thing that was just picking off the characters that didn't need like that. The oh. deviant job was literally we don't need Gilgamesh. We don't need the we don't need oh. uh, you know. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, I, like, I I just uh I wanted a chance to set that up. Uh, full full spoilers. Did you see Icarus being the bad guy like going to the movie? Yes. Okay. I, did. I thought it was f- not going into it, but when it was like, yeah, he just disappeared. Yeah. And now all this shit is happening. I'm like. That's kind of suspicious, yeah. dude. Like, like, what do you mean you just disappeared yeah. and all this shit is happening? I, I saw a meme. Someone put him next to Homa, and, and, and they're like, guys, it was right there. Like, it's it's the, the proof is in the, is in the uh, laser eyes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I just, the moment they're like, yeah, he just disappeared, yeah. and he was gone, yeah. and I didn't see him for a long time. I was just like, that's just weird. Yeah, um, that's, that's that suspicious. was, um, for me, it was a effective plot twist. It didn't, it didn't make me go... Oh my gosh! No way! But I was like, "Damn!" Like I was like, "Damn!" Okay. Uh, so especially, here, like, I want, especially when, when he killed Ajax. Yeah, I want you to hear my 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 backseat. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, go back. Yeah, I'm, go back to that. I'm piggy piggybacking on something that already exists, which is much easier than creating from scratch. But in my version of this story, the deviants are really dead. They really did kill all of them. Mm-hmm. It is just what happens is that Icarus goes to meet her because Icarus knows that now's around the time that the snap happened the population's back icarus goes to see ajax and is like yo so the emergency is going to happen soon right and she goes yeah it is kind of like he did in the movie anyway and her being like but the same thing happened she's like but let's try and save the humans icarus being like what about our mission and her being like no i've grown fond of them and she gives the same speech she does in the movie icarus gets pissed and he kills her right because for icarus the only thing that was keeping him going over this time was the mission yeah. and he felt bad about the mission it's why he left uh cersei that was his whole thing and so he's like i did all that for nothing he gets pissed at her and he kills her right for the sake of keeping the mission going so after he kills he goes hmm okay i know the emergence has happened in seven days i need to make sure that none of the rest of them try to do any bullshit like saving the world right so he goes back. This movie happens the exact same way. He goes to London. The deviants are back. How do you know? I was just at Ajax's place and they attacked me and her. They killed her. I got rid of it, but it ran. I started fighting it, but it ran away. They all go back to the States. They see Ajax is dead. They're like, oh shit, fuck. The deviants really are back and they ambush someone who couldn't fight back. This is fucked up. So then the same thing happens. He goes to Gilgamesh. Oh, we fought a deviant. Even Icarus couldn't beat it. So on and so forth. Ha ha. Funny, funny, funny. Everything is going the same exact way, except there is no deviant. It's just we know Icarus is a murder. Well, the audience wouldn't know at this point. But in the writing, Icarus is the one who killed Ajax, right? Yeah. Everything goes the exact same way until, I guess you can have Druig be the character, until one character questions it a little bit about how did Ajax just die, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Fast forward to the point where we get to the ship. And to me, this will make more sense because when they get to the ship and all of them are reunited and Festus actually comes up with an actual plan to stop it from emerging, Icarus suddenly turning and being, okay, now I have to stop you guys. 
is the reveal where it's like i got you all together to kill time and to get us all ready to be you know reintegrated into the celestial but now you guys are actually finding a way to stop it i'm putting an end to this Mm -hmm. cue the final battle cue sprite going with him cue kingo walking out on everything everything else can happen the same it's just now we don't have to have that messy unnecessary deviant plot line he didn't even have a name Q, Q, Q Sprite literally stabbing Cersei in the back. That's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. All of that is fine. Just little the deviant savage little girl. We're just an unnecessary extra part to this movie that didn't need to be there because they needed something for the people to to punch. But like that, like even that deviant's final arc, he gets to the beach and he sees them fighting each other. And he's like, I guess I'm going to just throw myself into this brawl. <laughs> to which they get, he gets hit into a cave. And then he gets off, to, un, to my, in my opinion, unceremoniously by one Eternal. Yeah. And that's it. He just dies. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Why was he in the movie? He didn't make the Eternals question whether or not they should be fighting the Deviants. He didn't create a moral conundrum. Like, he didn't do anything. He was just another thing to get... Like, when he popped back up on the beach, I was like, oh, shit, right, he's in the movie. I forgot you were here. I don't know. I just felt like I really liked the first 70% of the movie and the last 30 minutes could miss me. Like, miss me with all like plot, Like, plot-wise plot and, like, character-wise. Plot-wise character wise i just didn't after like that last 30 minutes the once they hit the beach where tiamat is emerging from i stopped like that i stopped caring the action was great has my favorite speedster scene in a movie yeah but and like the whole festus scene where he was fighting uh icarus oh great that was dope like i like i've been wanting to clip your wings for a long time icarus i was like oh what a cold line yeah coming from a great actor it's great yeah all of that is cool. All of that is cool. But ultimately, I just, that last 30 minutes of the movie, I didn't give a fuck. I really, I was just like, okay. Everything up until this point was cool to me because it was like a mystery. Like, who are these characters? What are their inspirations? What have they been doing? Like, what are their relationships with each other? That side of stuff where I'm like, this is a new team, a new group of heroes. That stuff was cool. That stuff was interesting to me. That was the first 70% of the movie. That last 30%, I stopped giving a fuck. I was like, man whatever have your big dumb action scenes have get rid of that deviant third tie like you know third wheel like he really just what was his what was the point i don't know just he does just to get rid of the other eternals that didn't matter as much yeah. like that's it he was literally just there to clean up the cast slightly he didn't, yeah who did he, he he didn't have a conversation with anyone the only person he talked to was thena and she was too crazy on the mad weary to even give him a response when he was asking questions. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. I think it would have been more compelling if Icarus was the, was the bad guy from the beginning. Like, yep. to fill that, that family drama and that, that like, that, that exactly. infighting. You know, like, we're supposed to be a team. Like, it's been 7,000 years. All for what? You're throwing it away? You know. You know. Exactly. Uh, and, of course, just... you know, no, one's, no one is getting tired of, 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 like, a dark Superman story. People... Are suckers for a dark Superman story. Oh yeah, eat that shit up. Yeah, I would. I, I want a positive Superman story, please. Yeah, me too. Like, but geez. yeah, I don't know. I feel um, like Icarus should have just been the villain. I don't like that they tried redeeming him. I, 
Like, I thought it was a little cheesy that he flew into the sun. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, anyone with a brain is going to think that because literally in that scenario, him flying into the sun, the only reason that anyone could think of is like, oh, his name is Icarus, so he has to fly I, into the I, sun. I know. I'm like, like it wasn't like... It wasn't like, oh, because like in the original story, it's Icarus's ambition that makes him fly into the sun, mm-hmm. right? And to me, if you go off of my fan fiction, in my fan fiction, Icarus would be killing her, Ajax, not just because of not sticking to the mission, but because he always wanted to be the leader. Yes, right? I like that. So you could, see, you could see him dying in my version of the story if he was to be flown into the sun. It's like, oh, he realizes all the fucked up shit he had done until the point. Because in my story, let's in my story, he would kill Thena, he would kill Gilgamesh, and he would kill, uh, no, 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 he would kill Druig, Thena, and Ajax. Those are the three I'd have him kill, right? Mm-hmm. And after killing those people, at the end of everything, and what in my version of the story, he wouldn't turn because Gilgamesh would still be alive in my story, and Gilgamesh would be able to hold him off long enough for. What's her name? Cersei to activate the Unimind, yeah. right? And when he, in my version of the story, when she activates the Unimind and they all become one, he gets to feel her love for humanity. And then that is why he decides to kill himself. Where because he was like, I'm blinded my, I was blinded by my ambition. I couldn't see what was in front of me for what it was. And then after having made that realization, have him fly into the sun as a result of his ambition that's how i would have wrote it personally yeah. i mean i still probably wouldn't have wrote him flying into the sun but still i really you know, uh, the only reason yeah. they did that was just because his name is icarus so he has to fly into the sun you know it's just we're not stupid you don't yeah you don't need to you don't need to do that yeah, a little silly but um that's another part i did like um as far as like the uh story and the uh relationships go the fact that when they when news broke that Ajax was dead, they all assumed Icarus next in command. But yeah. but Ajax gave that command to Cersei. Maybe she sensed a sense of darkness within uh, Icarus. She just she just knew. Maybe like you're, like you're, like you you have the power, but you're not suited for leadership because because the way I saw yeah. it was that she left Cersei as the leader because she had no longer her her job was no longer. To see the mission through. Yeah. Her job, she felt what she wanted to do was to love humanity and protect them. Yeah. So in terms of doing that, I think she would obviously pick Cersei because Cersei was shown to just love humans from the beginning. Yeah. Compared to the other ones who learned to love humans. She just loved them. And whereas Icarus, she was probably just like, no, he's too about the mission. I can't leave him as the leader. Yeah. And and also like, you know, if five of them are thinkers and five of them are fighters, I'm going to leave... A thinker in leadership. I'm not going to yeah. leave a, a, a powerful demon brute of a, of a man, of a being. That in, being in, said, in charge. That being said, yeah. Cersei might possibly be the, be the worst. Oh yeah, main character she's in a Marvel movie. She's your least favorite she character is, in, in the in the tunnel. She is nothing. What is she? Tell me about Cersei. Give me something about Cersei. Give me a personality trait right now. Uh, personality trait. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, you kind of just said it. You know, just uh, unconditional love, um, empathy. Uh, you know, nurturing, healing, that kind of stuff. But um, 
but you know she she that's not a personality trait though like, no no what not, is she... it's just just you know qu- like qualities of of her of her, of her, of her who that's she her is. qualities yeah. yeah but what is her personality is she sassy is she moody is she grumpy is she what is she who is Cersei? I don't know. Nothing. She's not a character. She's <laughs> the entire movie. People make decisions for her. She's like, but she's not calm. She panics all the time. Like what? I don't know. This. She was such a nothing character. I I hated Cersei. She was just passive. Like that's, that's, there you go. That's that's a trait. <laughs> passive. Like just just. On the like, I hated her character. I felt like we just came from Shang Chi, where we had all these like amazing women, amazingly characters. defined Asian care Asian women characters, and then like her just feels like going back to that status quo of like this passive, quiet. Yeah, can't can't decide between which which uh, white man she wants to be with. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> It's just like I don't know, man. It's like I'm like I, I really hated her character. That was really that was kind of funny though, having, having just, to choose she, between the Starks. Yeah, she's fought the Stark boys, man. She did Jon Snow so so dirty. Yeah, the, uh, she was. Yeah. She held hands with that nigga on the same place they fucked for the first time. That's <laughs> OD. You can. <laughs> I would be. Oh, maybe I'm insecure, but bro, you can't say. You can't tell me, yo. I'm gonna go save the world. I'll be back. And then, like, while you're off to save the world, you're like, yeah, so I met up with my ex. You know, I dated him about 5,000 years. But, um, yeah, we held hands with on the same spot that we had sex with 5,000 years ago. And, you know, but, you know, it's nothing. I held his hand, just held him from behind, you know, brought him back into the ship. But, you know, that basically, I'd be like, well, you did what? Instead, it's, okay, love, that's fine. Can you turn me into a giraffe? <laughs> that man really wanted He. <laughs> He needs to just buy himself a fursuit and head to his local fur con. Like, just, bro, you don't need magic to be the giraffe that you want to be this inside. This man asked, right? yes, at least three times in that movie, can I be a giraffe? Yeah, yeah. He, he should just invest in a fursuit, you know, get a really expensive one, you know, something really nice that he might like, and just, you know, spend his weekends at fur conventions. Yeah. He, I think he'd have a much better time. A much better time than dating whatever the hell that character is because i don't know who she was understood all right well let's uh, let's uh, talk a little positive little positives um makari and other hey. <laughs> uh, let's talk about makari uh like that's um... my little that's my baby mother right there okay that's, there she go. can drop two off of me and float i don't even care she i'll be a drop. single father <laughs> she can drop two and float <laughs> I'll be a single father. It's no problem, bro. Yeah, like rep your set, like, ma. Rep your set. Drop them. We were we were talking we about it. like in the X Men movies. Like we like um, Quicksilver or um, or Pietro, but um, uh, you know th- what's his name? Uh, Ralph Boner. Ralph Boner. <laughs> so pissed. So pissed at that. I was for a second. I thought, oh, this is how they do it. That's so smart. Cool. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Um, you have boner i like him like he, so cool. he does it in x-men uh what is it uh apocalypse and then he does uh, uh and then he does it in x-men days of future past like yeah he does zip around like zip zip, zip but when they show mm-hmm. the big sequences of him sh- saving the day it's slow-mo like it's just like it's it's showing everything happening around him but yeah. it's showing him walking around to show 
this is how fast he's going. He's walking, and but things are so slow. Um, yeah. And that and that and that's cool. Zack Snyder's um, Ezra Miller. Um, these special effects are cool. Like when he like Snyder cut when he turns and like ri- and like rips out of his shoes and like pokes the glass yeah. and, it sh- and it liquefies. That's cool. When uh, when it's uh, Flashpoint and he's like you know make your own past, make your own future, and each step he takes is bringing back more of what was just destroyed. That's cool. But all those are also in slow motion. Yeah, it's all in slow motion. It's like it's just as effective, if not even better, when we get characters like Dash in The Incredibles and Makari, yeah. who just zip around. They're fast. Show me how fast they're going. Let them be I fast. Want to s- I want to see the fact that Makari is like she's on the screen. If you pause it, you can see her on the screen in three different places yeah. in the same frame. That's how fast she's going. That's how fast like, she's going. It, like, with that scene where they're like Makari find the emergence and we get to follow her as she runs through the fucking the that shit was awesome yeah. yes I'm so happy it wasn't in slow motion yeah. show me how fast <laughs> can, she's zipping around can you imagine like, her running in slow motion around the world like bro <laughs> yeah like come on fam like yes I love seeing when her when she was fighting Icarus oh my that's God. how fighting a speedster should look it should look like the most annoying thing on the planet like Icarus was getting so annoyed you could see it in his face like he's like I can't hit her yeah. she's hitting me it's like, oh my god! Like that's how speedsters should look. Yeah, yeah, that that was really cool. Um, for you, anyone else besides um, Makari that you really enjoyed? You liked Makari, Gilgamesh. Anyone else? Did you like sit out? Uh, stand oh, the out to main you? Eternals. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which of the Eternals uh, stood out to you? Kingo was funny. Kingo was funny. Yeah, I I liked him. He was funny. He said a lot of things that made me laugh. Oh man, I, and I did that. a lot of things that made me laugh. Yeah. Uh, as well as his valet. I can't remember his name. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pulling it up because that man uh, needs to be protected at all costs. Um, yeah, he's pure and he's hilarious. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, Harish Patel. I only know him from Run Fat Boy Run with um, from Simon Pegg. It's a 2007 comedy with uh, uh, with uh, Tandiwe uh, Newton. Uh, yeah, he is so funny. Um, uh, not your fault. Not your fault. I'll, I have news for you, Dennis yeah. Dolphin downstairs. Everything is your fault. <laughs> That's so funny. Jesus Christ. Sorry for the accent. I'm sorry, but like it's. I have no idea what show you're talking <laughs> it's about. It's a movie. Uh, Run, Fat Boy, Run. I don't know where it's streaming, but I highly recommend it. So funny. I see. Um, but yeah, he was great as the valet. Um, each time they broke a camera, he had another one in his back pocket. Like, wh- Just... where are you getting these expensive ass cameras from? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I love that him and Kingo had that relationship of just like. Did you get that? And it's just like, yes, sir. And <laughs> yes, I'm just sir. like, hell yeah, you got that. <laughs> like, and yeah, hell and, uh, yeah, he got that. It's uh, the greatest valet on the planet, right? Yeah, now. and like e- even though uh, uh, Kamel Nanjiani is a Pakistani actor, Kingo is you know he's in India and he's doing Bollywood films, and because they are Eternals, their lifespans are eternal. He's been in every single Bollywood classic, and it's a yep. it's a great joke of how they explain of how he's been able to do it as an immortal person. He goes, oh, it's easy. I tell people, this is my grandfather, <laughs> this is my dad. My great grandfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is my dad. This, this is me. me. See? The fourth generation. Like, it's it's hilarious. And, like, because the film is so slow-paced, like, the jokes have time to breathe, and they, they land, and they land. They're funny. You know, in other Marvel movies where it's quippy and fast-paced, and you get a joke, you get a joke, it's, it's you know, it, it becomes fatigued really quickly mm-hmm. but the jokes didn't feel fatigued in eternals every one i every joke i understood and i caught and it was funny yeah um for, i will say sorry go ahead, go ahead. Um, i was gonna say for me um the eternals that stood out to me um uh makari 
uh, Fastos and uh, and uh, and Druig. Um, I I, okay. I really I really love Druig, and I also loved uh, Gilgamesh and Thina's relationship. Like it was, yes. it felt like it was it was great. It was it really it was did felt like. It reminded me of One Piece where it felt like they were the Frankie and Robin of the group where it's like these are the older siblings. They're all the same age. Yeah. But these are the oldest. Like Gilgamesh and Athena were definitely the older siblings. And it, it, it was group. a pure love and affection. Like it wasn't sexual. Yeah. Even exactly. though, even though like I'm pretty sure she had this man in an apron uh you no know, t- you know, taking care of her. But um hey, man. yeah, it was it, Gilgamesh is just the guy who likes he 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 knows who he is, all right? Yeah, Gil- he didn't get when he saw what Sprite did, he said, "Okay, I'm a big baby. All right, can you can you can you can you, can you, yeah. can you take it off of me?" Take it off, yeah. You know, he's, he doesn't seem like a guy who'd be caught up on titles and stuff like that. Yeah, he doesn't care about you know? that stuff and like he, he has he easily has, he easily has the best name in, out of the group. Um yeah. and I mean, uh, Gilgamesh was the original hero, they, the oldest hero on the planet. There you go. And uh, and yeah, you know, he has super strength and the first time Thena goes crazy with the what's it called, the Mayware? Yep. Uh, the the Mad Weary. The Mad Weary. Uh, God, it's such a stupid. Just get it out the movie, man. <laughs> just say she remembers the last time they fucking destroyed the planet. That's it. Like, that's it. <laughs> Don't. Uh, oh my God. But yeah, anyway, like she, she goes crazy with with the with the uh, with the, uh, with the uh, weapon uh, con- uh, conjuring, and he has to put it down. And when he does, uh, like in my uh, my my theater, the, that joint said boom, and the audience went. Like, yeah, he just went like silenced her, slapped her, and she went down. Because and... it was it wasn't like a, a big super hit. It wasn't no. like a. Woo, it was just a stop it. Yeah, like, yeah. Stop it, it. it was a strong thump, like, like yeah, knock yeah. it off. Stop it, knock it off. Yeah, put, put it. Put but it um, off. I will say this because I have, I did rewatch it. Okay. One of the best features of rewatching it is there are a lot of things that you wouldn't catch on your first time watching Absolutely. that you can see. Yep. That makes it really fun. Like for example, in that scene where Sprite is like telling the story of Gilgamesh and Enkidu and she's like animated and she's talking about it, mm-hmm. you can see Kingo in the back being completely fascinated by it. Yeah. Like loving it as much as the humans are. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, that's a nice touch because he says later on in the movies, I was so fast. But like, yeah. On your second rewatch, you see him be, and you can see it. And that scene happens after that in the movie, timeline wise. But he's like, yeah, I was so fascinated by what you say. It's why I became an actor. And then in the first five minutes of the movie, you can see it. Like, he's like, whoa, wow, yeah, what is happening? That was, like, he's in it. That's a, that was, that, yeah, I totally agree. That was a genuinely beautiful moment. Again, as family, big brother talking to little sister, like, you inspire me. Like, you know, you're smaller than me, but you are amazing, and you inspire me. And I'm sorry that you were created in this form, and you'll never grow up. Of course, in the end, she, uh, uh, yeah, Cersei she turns yeah. her into a human, so she can now. But um, yeah. but yeah, she, she was like she was like uh, in love. Sprite was in love with Icarus, and that's why she uh, sided with him in the end, and uh, mm-hmm. literally stabbed her in the uh, Cersei in the back. That really <laughs> I guess um, she deserved it. Anyway, uh, um, but yeah, and then like another thing is Ajax when she's talking to Erishim for the first time. Yeah, it's a scene that is a completely throwaway. I threw it away when I heard watch it the first time. The person I saw it with when I went to see it earlier this week, yesterday, mm-hmm. was it yesterday. I don't Today's is Wednesday. Yeah. Monday. Um I saw it on Monday with they they didn't pay any mind to it. But the first time she ever goes to speak to Arishem, he's like, It's time, blah blah blah, you know, da, 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 da. and she's like, Oh, um, I've been on side with in I've been in line with your mission and your belief this entire time, but this time it's different. Don't you think the cost is too great? And then Arishem says, Remember your true mission. 
And she goes, of course. And then she goes back to Babylon. And that to me tells me that, because if you watch when you watch it again, you understand that Ajax was planning on, or at least had hesitation about sacrificing humanity from at least the point where they had established Babylon. Yeah. But you wouldn't get that on your first time watching because it'd be impossible for you to know what she was talking about when she said, don't you think this time the cost would be too great? Because at that point, you've literally only seen them fight deviants. Nothing, you don't know about the, the celestial sleeping in the planet yet. You don't know about any of that. But it's so early in the movie that I feel like that line is specifically there for people who go back and watch it again. Yeah. So that was a cool thing. I say uh, upon rewatching it, all of the family moments hit harder than they did before. Hell yeah. And then you also see, it also see has that f- family aspect of something that was viewed as a joke the first time you watch it that is not so funny anymore. Like what, what when they, they go to, this is, there's many of them, mm-hmm. many of them. But an example I have is, well, I'll give you two in the same scene. Gilgamesh patting Icarus on the back and being like, that's why Ajax would never mit- let you be leader. Yeah. <laughs> and him being like, oh, ow. And they, they, everyone's being light about it. But then you understand why everyone was kind of like reacting to that joke differently than all the other jokes, right? Mm-hmm. And then another in that scene, which is a joke that is funny in person, but you can tell that probably isn't funny to the person being made fun of only on a rewatch is when Gilgamesh is like, uh, oh, you know, I don't let her drink. You know, it's for, it's for kids. I gave Sprite the same thing. Ha ha ha. <laughs> and if you look at Sprite in that scene, she's not laughing. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, <laughs> she's not laughing. She's drinking with like a oh this fucker face on look on her face. Yeah. That's what she's she's not laughing. <laughs> yeah. And oh, you wouldn't catch that because the first time you're watching it, you're probably just going to be laughing at the joke. Yeah. But on my second rewatch, I was like, yo, that hurt her. She she didn't like that. Yeah, like, man. At all. <laughs> like, like, she's also an eternal, but she, even then, she's not considered one of them, you know, because she's she, how she looks. Yeah. You know, they still, she's as, she's, as, she's as old as they are, but they view her as a kid. Icarus would never do anything with her. Yep. Even though it's the same age, you know? So that's same kind age. of an interesting thing. And of course, you know, whenever there's like characters with humanity who didn't come in, who aren't created the way humans were, I always think about Blade Runner. Like uh, that reveal of how, of how you know, they were made. I was like, oh, so they're kind of like replicants. You know, they're not bioengineered, but, you know, they're, they're underneath their flesh and whatnot. They are... You know, it's, it's, it's cosmic energy. It's light. You know, they, they were they yeah. were made. You know, yeah. yeah. It's not like in the comics where they're experimented on as humans already. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then, the, yeah. Then that brings up point the whole argument of what's the difference between something that was uh, made through evolution and something that was just crafted to be that way? Because the Eternals are biologic. Yes. A lot of people think they're robots, but they're not. They are biological creations. Yes. That they, you know, they, Cersei bled when Sprite stabbed her. Yes, they have, they have blood. They can fuck. They are biological. <laughs> yes, they can. Like this was, this was the first uh, love scene in the MCU. I'm so happy. I forgot to tell you this. I'm so happy. I skipped all of the preamble bullshit with this movie. Oh, like, like all, like, all that all I the hate about I it. I didn't, I, I didn't learn about any of that until after I saw it, yeah. and I was so confused because that's why I was like, this movie does not warrant that. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. I didn't see anything where people were like, oh my god, this is going to be the first Marvel movie with a sex scene. I didn't see any of that stupid shit. 
And I'm glad I didn't because that shit doesn't add anything to the movie. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So, yeah, it was the first sex scene. I remember when I was watching that movie, I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, oh, they're having sex. Yeah. I, I, I will say um, I thought it was really sad and disappointing uh, in my theater. Uh, next to me uh, was a, uh, a little um, uh, abuelita and her, mm-hmm. and her grandson. Uh, when it came to Fastos uh, kissing his husband goodbye, quick little peck on, on, on the lips and you know, cut to next scene, uh, both of them in unison were, were like, ew. I was like, damn, that's unfortunate. Uh, Come yeah. on, guys. Uh. Come on. I know, right? It's yeah. just, it wasn't like I, I don't know. To yeah. my opinion, I don't. Anyone who reacted negatively to that scene needs to grow up. That, to grow up. It was the most tame shit ever. Yeah. It was just a kiss. Yeah, like people were the outrage. Like you would think it was like full blown frontal. I, and I thought this man would got pegged on screen. Yeah. The way people were bitching about <laughs> the it. The way people were complaining about it, like you you would think it was like some X rated types like nudity and stuff. But it was none of that. Uh, I yeah. do like the 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 kind of storytelling beat or, you know, kind of a point that Fastos is, is a technopath. He makes things out of, out of, out of literally nothing. Uh, he's yeah. the only one to, you know, make or create a, a family or like, you know, make a, an actual life for himself on, on earth while everyone else kind of just catching themselves. Fa- yeah. Fastos settled down and like, you know, made, you know, it's just, it, it was very much in line with who he, what, who he was as a character, I thought. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I, he was cool. I didn't mind him at all. But yeah. Um, um. So for me, my biggest issue, you know, I love the movie. My biggest issue with the movie is that I told you about this already. Um, not just not including Kit Harrington, the Eternals. They introduce ten new characters into the MCU, and by the end of it, half of them are gone. Um, yeah. I loved each character. I wanted more time with each character. I was very sad when Gilgamesh died. I was very sad when Ajax died, especially how they died, like being being like plugged into and like just draining your life force and your power and your abilities. All for the sake of a useless creature that didn't even make it to the end of the movie. Didn't make it to the, didn't make it to the end of the movie. Didn't really have a name. Uh, didn't have a name at all. Yeah, like, didn't, I'm trying yeah. to think of its name, but it doesn't have a name. They yeah. never named it. Yeah, and like and like that uh, that moment he has with uh, Athena before she kills him. Uh, you know. Kind of creepy. Very, very creepy. Uh, it was he left. He left some ominous message about how you can't save them, and then she uh, sliced and diced them, turned them into a into a couple of cube chunks. Yep, and that was it. That, he was that was it. That was and it. And she just walked out. Yeah, she just um, walked out. Uh, I do like uh, Druig. Um, he uh, stood out to me because uh, you know he was just out of the group. He was the most reclusive. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he he kept to himself. You no, know, he he had no problem using his powers to help humanity. Like, no, I have mind manipulation. You're fighting over nothing. Stop fighting. This is stupid. You know, mm-hmm. he's always been told, don't do that. Like, we can't interfere in that way. And he's like, why not? Like, we can help them. We can help them be better, live better. So that was interesting. Like, you know, his his point of view. Uh, and uh, I liked how pure his uh relationship with with Macari was whereas um mm-hmm. whereas uh, Icarus and uh and Cersei felt very forced and unnatural uncomfortable at times I'm like that y'all this isn't love like like whatever you guys are feeling for each other this is this is, this is just lust like you find each other attractive you know with mm-hmm. with with, with Macari and Druig 
it felt like a deep admiration, affection, like the way he looked at her, like he looked at her like he loved her. Icarus did not yeah. did not look at <laughs> Cersei like he loved her. Icarus. Yeah, that maybe because he was just looking at her like trying to figure out what she is. He was like, "Man, who are you? Yeah. This character. <laughs> why do I? Why do I like? You? I don't know why I like you. This is poor writing. I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Um, uh, but but yeah. Um, the visuals were, were really great. The final fight was really great. Um, the emergence of the uh, uh Tatum, Tiatum, Tiamat, it, Mother of Dragons, Tiamat, um, Tiamat, Tiamat. Uh, met I can't hear you say Tiamat. Tiamat. Okay. Uh, Tiamat. Yeah, like the hand and the head emerging. That was pretty dope. Like when you get when you zoom out and see the whole shot of what's happening on Earth, just this massive celestial head and hand creeping up. Like it, that was dope. It kind of looked like uh, a stage you would fight on in Smash Bros. or something. Yeah. Also, you know, uh, just a little fun fact. Tiamat. Is a Babylonian god, if I remember correctly. Oh, there, there you go. There, there, there you go. Um, so yeah, um, I'm I'm familiar with that style, the jumping around, you know, watching uh, Zack Snyder's uh, DC movies and uh, enjoying them. Uh, I I did have to watch uh, BVS twice to understand it because all the jumping around. Uh, this movie mm-hmm. um, was a lot more um, uh, cohesive. It made a lot more sense to me. Uh, some people didn't understand it, like. Like it was like the themes or whatever were, were were too deep or they just. I think no, this movie's they like, just weren't paying attention. Yeah, the, they probably they got lost on how long yeah, the movie I, was. Yeah, and I think they're used to being having everything spoon fed to them and spelt out, and with like lots of action. Like there's not too much action in this long movie. This is like behind, like it's like with Infinity War and Endgame, it's like the third or second longest movie, and mm-hmm. a lot of it are spent with this recruiting the characters trying to get the family back together to help prevent the emergence that's a big part of the mm-hmm. movie like there's like they're recruiting up into the third act you know like like the entire movie is is just traveling the world getting the team back together until you know the, the third act but um but yeah i really i really enjoyed this film man uh we've been talking for like an hour and 15 just about um we talked about mm-hmm. all the pros and cons and and uh, uh, the post-credit scenes, um, and yeah, this film does not deserve to be forty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This is nowhere near the worst MCU movie ever made. Um, that is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, people these days want to complain about being woke or whatever. How about just being blatantly ignorant? Like this film is not forty-two percent. Are you kidding me? Like, is it not, like, I, I, I understand if it wasn't what you were expecting from MCU, but again, we're starting all over again, which is, you know, new slew of characters and, and new worlds, because we're heading in a new direction. We're, 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 as Sam said, we, we are getting very cosmic with Captain Marvel and Guardians and, and like, the worlds we go to. Now that the, yeah? Now that the Celestials are here, that's, we're entering, we're, we've already passed the whole... Like, you have to understand, it's like, we're skipping some steps here. Yeah. The fact that we went to Celestials before Galactus. Yeah. Like, mm, it's weird. Because they're the, the, Celestials are the heavy hitters. They don't just die in the comic books. Galactus Dies. doesn't really die either. Okay. I mean, they beat him a couple times, but he always comes back. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, the the Celestials are things, normally Celestials only get killed by Celestials. Yeah, Um. I saw a panel on, uh, on Instagram of, uh, I think it was Galactus, like, 
like sitting in like like Cersei and Ajax sitting in the palm of a celestial talking to them. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Because Galactus is a force of the Celestials. He's like, you know, he he has a job like the Eternals, and his job is to you know trim the fat of the universe. Yeah, go go eat plant. They gave him an eternal hunger that can only be quenched by planets, and that his whole point is he's supposed to just go. Some of the planets we made were duds. Go get rid of them. Yeah. Like. So yeah, just, um, he's, he's a physical part of entropy. He's that's how that's who he is. You know. So yeah, um, I I will agree. Um, you know, there's a difference between plot and story. The story is great. The plot is, uh, you know, there are some. I I I will agree. There are some lacking points that could have been improved to make it a bit stronger. Um, mm-hmm. but I I don't know what it is, man. But I quickly uh, fell in love with all of these characters, and I'm sad that half of them are already gone. Um, but besides that, I am obviously very excited for what's to come with, uh, with, uh, Eros, you know, Harry Styles is, you know, one of the biggest stars mm-hmm. in entertainment today. Uh, so seeing, having him in the, in the most, uh, financially successful, uh, film franchise is very exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also having Jon Snow come back into the MCU playing a knight is just perfect casting. Um, hilarious. Just, yeah, hilarious. Very funny. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for... Uh, I've, I've been ex- I'm excited for the Midnight Suns. I'm excited for Midnight Suns, and I'm excited for more of the Eternals. I'm excited for more Makari, Druig, Fastos. Uh, I, you could have just stopped that Makari. I, I really want more Ajax. I'm sorry. I'm so mad she's gone. Like, she's like... Uh, the, the wardrobe design is fantastic. All these suits were, were so dope. And uh, Ajax had that headpiece that kind of made her the leader with, with her little crown but um mm-hmm. but yeah uh this movie is not 42 percent. it's one of the more it's, it's 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 new it's unique it's it's fresh for mcu it feels very fresh uh only something the only chloe Zhao could have done uh peaceful quiet moments you can feel the cold stillness in the air it you know there are parts there are components that feel very indie um so I I really yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think that, that's good. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about this film, man. I think I'm ready to roll out. Unless there's anything else you want yeah. to talk about. Yeah, shit was all right. Yeah, I, shit I, was all right. I think um, the next pod we can talk uh, Doom Patrol finale and uh, um, you know anything else that comes out. You know, uh, by the time by the time we do our next pod, we'll have uh, the uh, Blade Runner series to talk about. Um, and uh, I, I do want to get your thoughts um, on. Uh, I sent you on Instagram the One Piece cast. Ugh. We can talk about that next time because this isn't. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah. This is like an hour and twenty. Yeah. All right. So let's call it. Let's here. call it.